0: Welcome to the next episode of the Of Sound, Body, and Mind podcast with the Bowen Center and Mental Health America of Northeast Indiana. I'm Brooklyn Beatty, heard weekday mornings on 97.3 WMEE, and with me today is special guest, Dr. Lee Betrau, Vice President of Clinical Services at the Bowen Center. Before we dive into today's topic, just want to remind you that if you have any questions about the topic today or you want to learn more, you can always text the word Bowen, that's B-O-W-E-N, to 46862. You can also visit the Mental Health and Wellness Hub under on Demand on WME.com. Well, today's episode is about early childhood mental health, and I'm just going to start into it. How do early childhood experiences shape a child's mental health?
1: Well, that is an excellent question. I think um, an interesting thing I hear oftentimes from um, parents or adults um, is, oh my gosh." The, my child was too young to remember that mm-hmm. or there's there's no way that that could have shaped anything when reality is we know that the majority of brain development occurs in really the first two years of life um, beyond that the first five years of life really is so critical in brain development um there there are so many connections that are made in the brain and during that time um, we learn how to interact with our environment and also we don't quite have um, coping skills developed to protect us Um, and so there's a lots of lots of things that really make us especially vulnerable during that early period of development in life and so um we, we really want to consider that um, there's um, there are so many things that really can be traumatic in early childhood. We know there was a big study um, done that's called the ACEs study that talked about um, some particular vulnerabilities that can occur in early childhood, so things like abuse or neglect, or some things that may um, be less intuitive for us. So, having um, a household member that that experiences mental illness or having a household men- member that is struggling with a substance use. There, there's a variety of things, having um, observed domestic violence in the home. And then of course, those are sort of those original pieces that were part of the ACEs study. But beyond that, we know now there's so many other things in the world that could be traumatic to a child um, that, that can cause trauma.
0: And what are some signs that a young child is struggling?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because I think we we kind of expect to see similar things from littles that we do from adults, right? And of course, they just function differently, right? So. Um, oftentimes it will pop out as behaviors. So acting out behaviors can be a, a sign or symptom that the that the child has experienced trauma. Some other things that we notice too sometimes are what we call signs of regression, um, which is just a, like a general term we use to explain that the child has previously mastered these skills or activities and now all of a sudden they're going back to a previous phase or state Mm -hmm. so examples of that could be they were previously toilet trained and now they started wetting the bed again or they were previously like very independent and free-spirited and would go play with other kids and have fun and now they tend to be more clingy or want to sit on your lap again or maybe their speech was perfectly well um formed before and now they're baby talking so anything that's sort of like gosh they've mastered this level of development before and now it feels like like they've gone backwards
0: well you know we're all a little bit different and one child might be able to weather adverse childhood experiences and deal with trauma and another one might be severely affected why is that why is it so different depending on the children
1: yes absolutely I think a big part to consider here is that a child um, does not function independently on an island. They kind of, the way I like to describe it, they live in this bubble, which is their environment and their environment involves their uh, most immediate family. And then as, as you go kind of beyond the bubble, there are the things like things that happen at school or things that happen in their general community, things that happen in our society. Um... But we really, for especially as you're considering younger ages, you really want to look at the most immediate environment, that bubble of their home environment. Oftentimes, um, there are there are things that occur in the environment that make it. Um, especially difficult for a child to function or make them more vulnerable to trauma so if there's a chaotic home environment or if there are those exposures to potentially substance use or mental illness or domestic violence or uh, maybe they're living in a in a neighborhood that is really dangerous and difficult for them to go outside without um, being concerned about maybe hit being hit by a stray bullet or something like that, um, that, that environment is a huge consideration for younger kids.
0: Now, if your child is struggling and they go to therapy, for example, what does therapy for a young child look like? Because it's, it's probably pretty different than how therapy would be for, say, an adult.
1: Absolutely. I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of younger kids going to therapy because they have that impression of like, you lie back on a couch and you talk about your mother, (laughs) which is not even reality for adult therapy. But anyway, um, I think... The movie industry has, has messed up everyone's impression of what therapy I'm actually sure. is. Um, but for younger children, it often involves play. And so I think sometimes parents are like, how could how could this help my child? You're just playing. Oftentimes it could be like play in a sandbox or play with, with um, figures um, or recreating. Really the way children heal is they they process through play especially with the younger kids they don't really have the language developed yet to mm-hmm. explain to you verbally why they're struggling or what is upsetting to them they feel it in their little bodies it feels uncomfortable, it feels bad. So you see that acting out behavior maybe or the regression, but they can't talk about it, but they can play through it. And so oftentimes in play therapy, you'll see the repeat of patterns. Maybe, um, the one, the one toy is the good guy and the other toy is the bad guy and then you'll see sort of patterns of either first the bad guy wins and then later as they're healing and processing the good guy starts winning or you'll you'll see things where they um they sort of like take control over and play control themes of control um it is really um Big and healing. So there's lots of th- things and themes that occur in play, depending on the age too. You might see some some like gentle insertion of skills, like skill building. Maybe we start um, introducing things like emotion words, so you can express as a child. I feel sad. I feel irritated. I feel happy. Just kind of start that process of communicating about how you feel, because once you're able to express how you feel, then we can start working on, well, how do you want to manage that feeling in a healthy way versus an unhealthy way? But that's all really dependent on the child's developmental level um, and and their capacity. Now,
0: is it possible that the sooner you do address a child's emotional well-being, the better the outcome
1: is? Absolutely, like with anything else. Think of a a medical situation, right? If let's say you actually have a break in your foot and you just keep walking on it and walking on it, it'll probably get worse. <laughs> Sooner you address it, the right. better. It's the same with mental health. The sooner we can identify what is going on, the sooner we can help build skills and build supports to help the child uh, recover from whatever it is that's causing that distress or trauma.
0: Now, to figure this kind of thing out, is there a screening that your child can get, or should they go through their pediatrician or maybe the school? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah, so um, there are screeners available online, um, but I think oftentimes parents really get nervous with using online screeners because it's their child, and, right. and it's, it shouldn't be this way, but oftentimes parents will be more nervous about, you know, their child's well-being than their own. They'll they'll do things to themselves or for themselves uh-huh. that they're just like, I, I don't want to mess with this. My child is precious, and I want them to be safe, which I appreciate as a parent, um and so I think it's very easy to start that conversation if if you feel like your pediatrician is your you know your trusted go-to Start there. Go to your pediatrician and explain the situation and they can do a screener. If you don't particularly have a great relationship with a pediatrician or maybe your child's not sick very often so you don't even know the pediatrician very well, you can certainly go to a mental health facility and just say, I don't know where to start, but I've been noticing um, behaviors or symptoms with my child and I just want to check. And you know, if if it's nothing, I've done those assessments and, and we do very, very thorough assessments. Um, I will tell the parent, you know what? What you're noticing with your child is actually developmentally spot on. Your child is doing what they should be doing. But at least they're checking, right? But they're checking. right? And that gives you peace of mind. Would you not want to have peace of mind? They will not just prescribe treatment for the sake of prescribing treatment. They will tell you um, that your child is just developing absolutely normally, or they would say, hey, we would recommend X, Y, or Z treatment. And then, again, as a parent or the guardian, you are in charge. You get to advocate. They give you choices, but you get to choose what the next steps will be.
0: Now, how can parents, caregivers, guardians, even teachers be more attentive to changes in a child's behavior to look for those signs?
1: Yeah, I would say just in general, um, noticing patterns. If anything is different from before. So I'm not just talking about like a one-time thing, right? Because there's lots of things that throw us off as adults, but especially as littles. You know, if I am hungry, my behavior might be different. If I'm tired, my behavior might be different. If I've had a stressful day at school, my behavior might be different. Um, And so kids are very like they respond to those physiological things uh, and you'll you'll see behaviors and symptoms as a result so it could just be something simple as like you need to get up good night's sleep tonight buddy and I'm going to make sure that you go to bed early but if you start seeing beyond you know just the one off or the maybe once or twice or maybe it's just been a tough week at school if you start seeing patterns beyond that where you're really starting to notice a decline in function in one area or another or troublesome behaviors popping out, then I would say just seek that support.
0: Now, before we wrap up this episode, do you have any tips on what parents or guardians can do to help both ensure that their child gets the best head start emotionally and then also just help them be more resilient?
1: Absolutely. Uh, So those, those basic things, making sure that they get good sleep Mm -hmm. making sure that they get good nutrition that they're hydrated making sure that they get exercise people I really think people completely underestimate the importance of these things especially if you're considering these days um, in like a traditional school setting kids don't get to move a whole lot Exercise and physical activity is so extremely important, both for the body, but the mind and emotion regulation. Also having just good social support. And again, for those younger kids, that might necessarily not necessarily be being in soccer or in, I don't know, cheerleading or whatever, but it's that most immediate um core family unit making sure that there's that support but then also branching out and seeing are there other um, family members or neighbors or friends that come can come alongside and help and provide that additional social emotional support for your child
0: well, once again, we're speaking today with Dr. Leigh Vice President of Clinical Services at the Bowen Center. And before we wrap up this episode, all about early childhood mental health, are there any last comments that you
1: have? You know your child best. And if you notice something is off, reach out for help. You deserve the help and your child deserves the, the help. Don't feel bad or ashamed or guilty for thinking that your child needs help.
0: And once again, if you have any questions about today's topic or you want to learn more, you can text the word Bowen, B-O-W-E-N, to 46862. You can also visit the Mental Health and Wellness Hub under On Demand on WMEE.com.